This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rose, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Dew Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. player on the team for me is Belly, and it's the way he delivers for real. It's like, when he delivers his jokes, there's no laugh, and you really can't even tell if he's serious or not. Yes, we deserve this win, man. Fox Force 5, flying high in both teams. Oh, my goodness. I'm feeling great, man. I'm feeling the best I've ever felt. I'm excited. I'm, I'm all about winning. I know that the fans here are extremely loyal and passionate, and just like them, I, I want to become not just a playoff team, but a sustained playoff team and eventually get back to some of that championship success and contention. With the 12th pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, Sacramento Kings select Tyrese Halliburton. Imagine being one of those players that's on a team that you know, hasn't been in the playoffs in over a decade, almost two decades, about a decade and a half, then being the first team to actually get to the playoffs. Just being able to be a part of that would definitely be something special. And if we can, you know, end up building a championship contending team, you're winning a championship in Sacramento. Like, that's, that's looked at a lot differently. You probably feel better than you do with anything else. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Pulse podcast presented by the very well-respected and um, fashion designer King's Herald site. Um, I am Brendan Nunes. I've got Bryant West on here, becoming a more usual co-host. What's going on, Bryant? How you doing? I'm doing a lot better than I would have been if uh, Jason Tatum had hit that three at the end there. Were you ready for you that to, to do that out in the free throw? Because I was not. I don't think anybody was. I wasn't ready for that. I was yeah. thinking that he was just going to miss it and figuring, well, okay, how the Kings make sure they don't Kings this up. But as soon as Williams got that rebound, I was sure that Jason Tatum was about to spoil what had been a fantastic Kings game all around. Yeah. Um, so glad the boys pulled out that W because uh, they certainly earned it tonight. Yeah, and real quick before we get into this, um, Halliburton wearing the Reese's Passes shirt was phenomenal. That's uh, work from the guys at the Kings Herald. Um, definitely go and check out that shirt. Halliburton uh, repping it is absolutely amazing. I'm pretty sure his yeah. Xbox or PlayStation gamer tag, whatever, is Tyrese's pieces, um, and has been for a while, from my understanding. So yeah, yeah, I it's just phenomenal merch. Phenomenal merch. You know, with the orange and everything, it's amazing. I really appreciate uh, him not only um, wearing it, but, you know, just pulling up uh, 
he had to have bought that himself. I know the King's Herald didn't send that to him. So uh, shout out to Tyrese for supporting independent King's coverage and, and wearing some uh, fresh gear. Definitely. Um, and if you support the Patreon, you do get a discount there, I will say, um, mm-hmm. along with supporting like Tyrese does. Okay. We are company men. We are. We are. Can you tell? Um, so let, let's start with recapping this one, this most recent Boston one, but I do kind of want to take a broader approach on what's been different in this, um, in, in this stretch of wins. And I think it's five of six now that Boston has won, or I'm sorry, the Sacramento has won. Yep. Um, this is my favorite game of the year, by the way. I like just can't help myself. Uh, Boy, I wonder wonder why. Yeah, no, it's so much fun. And usually this is the one I get to go to every year. I mean, I, I try to go to a lot of Kings games best I can. The Kings Pass is so amazing. Um, but yes, no, this is like my favorite home Kings game to go to um, for no specific reason, you know. Um, and it was, I mean, just a ridiculous amount of Boston pick and roll. As expected, they do this every single night. And uh, with no Kemba, no Pritchard, and no Marcus Smart, you saw um, a lot of Tremont water min- Waters minutes, <laughs> which I don't know if many Kings fans knew who Tremont no. Waters was going into this game. <laughs> I barely know who he is. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's Carson Edwards minutes, who <laughs> is a little more well-known with this NCAA heroics. Um, yeah, it was a very thin guard rotation for the Celtics, which I think led to um, a good opportunity for Fox. But at the same time, Boston's key scorers um, being two wings and Sacramento only having one good wing defender and Harrison Barnes um, had me pretty concerned going into this one. Um, and a ridiculous amount of pick and roll. I, I like do kind of want to start there. I, I felt like at the beginning of the game, um, and, and I felt like this for a while with the Kings, I mean, Holmes is the rim protector on the team. I, I think he's the most important defensive player on the team because of the drop-off. Um, he's a very good defensive player, but it's I think a lot of it has to do with the drop-off of who comes in after him. Um, Hassan Whiteside has a lot of defensive issues. If he's in space or really asked to move uh, at all, he, he's not going to do a great job protecting the rim or... Uh, really be a positive on the defensive end. I thought a lot of his impact recently has come on offense, actually. Um, But so when Holmes is engaged in the pick and roll, I think it leads to a lot of issues. Holmes is a little foul prone, and if if the other, usually it's Bagley, is kind of forced to be that help side rim protector, um, he has nice flashes. I I think Bagley does good verticality when he's in the right position, but it's just about actually being there. I think when Holmes is the one engaged and pulled out of the paint is really a good way to go at Sacramento's um, already very poor defense. Um, And I think you saw that a lot with Tristan Thompson in the first half of him sitting in that dunker spot. And it felt like there were so many offensive rebounds because Holmes was engaged with usually Tatum. Um, And, you know, if it was Buddy or... Uh, Barnes or whoever's on the weak side wasn't coming in and stopping and boxing out that offensive rebound or a little drop-off pass to that dunker spot. And I felt like the Celtics were literally going to be able to run that all freaking game. Yeah, and then in late into the fourth, I really thought that the Celtics realized that they didn't even need to go through all of the rigmarole of the pick-and-roll. They could just uh, get the ball to whichever one of Tatum or Brown had Buddy healed on him at the moment and let them go to work. Um 
I was kind of surprised that Tristan Thompson didn't play in that second half because he'd played so dang well against the Kings big line, who, like you said, really only had Rashawn Holmes playing uh, top-notch defense. Um, I thought that uh, Tristan Thompson could have really continued to make the Kings pay on the rebounds, um, but it worked out for the Kings in the end. Uh, and, uh, you know, it surprises me that Rashawn Holmes only got credited for one block tonight. Like, I would have thought he would have had way more than that, considering he he fit stopped that uh, that poster by Green. That was that was, that was probably that was intense. that was that was a defensive play of the game right there. That was yeah. incredible. Did they show a replay that was it like technically a block or did Green kind of miss it? Either way, Holmes altered it, and it was because of Holmes. Yeah, um, he definitely altered it. I don't know that he actually got a hand on it, right? But, um, maybe if he hadn't, if he hadn't, yeah. So yeah, and uh, I, I kind of was assuming like, okay, Thompson probably didn't come back in because the second night of a back to back, and and he didn't play the first few weeks for Boston. Um, so I figured maybe they were just kind of had him on a bit of a minute restriction. Um, but tweet after the game, John Corrales, Brad Stevens says not going back to Tristan Thompson later in the game was a decision based on Sacramento personnel, not due to any minute restriction. Um, well, I was about to joke and say Luke Walton outcoached Brad Stevens, but let me tell you <laughs> that that play at the end of the game that had a Rashawn oh, Holmes three, um, I know Buddy fell, and that probably messed up the action a little bit. Yeah, but they were very quick to just let Rashawn Holmes do that, and I don't think that's the first time we've seen Rashawn Holmes uh, throw up a three as the kind of outcome of a side out of bounds play. Yeah, I agree. Um, I wonder if Brad Stevens didn't go back to Thompson because the. Kings were going with their closing lineup of Halliburton, um, Heald, and Fox with uh, Barnes and Rashawn. Is he think that Tristan Thompson and um, Tice can't guard Barnes? Is that what he's thinking there? Because I really think that that could have punished the Kings on defense at least. Yeah, I, I mean, the weird one being out there was Grant Williams, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Grant has, like, really got his minute cuts. There's been games of not playing at all for Grant. Um, it was it was amazing to me how uh, the Celtics rotated their closing lineup. Like, Green was in there with four minutes to go when he missed that dunk. And Grant Williams only had, what did he have tonight? He had 19 minutes, and all of them felt like crunch time minutes, so... Yeah, um, and Boston usually is like a eight-man rotation, as we've kind of seen um, Sacramento really um, get into themselves. So, I mean, it was definitely second night of a back-to-back for a team that is very injury-riddled. But no matter, from Sacramento's point of view, um, this is the, I was going to say third game in a row, but it, honestly, it's probably more than that. Like, De'Aaron Fox realized he can do whatever he wants mm-hmm. um, pretty yeah. much on any given possession. I feel like uh, De'Aaron Fox decided, you know what, I heard some podcaster in Sacramento is doing a series about teams that are better than us, so I better actually be aggressive. Because since that Clippers game, he's just been absolutely fantastic. I mean, he had the 43 points against the Pelicans, 25 against the Clippers, uh, he 22 in the win against New York, 24 against the Raptors, 30 against Miami, 38 against the Pelicans. You know, we've talked a lot. You had an excellent piece uh, on De'Aaron Fox's growth as a player in the middle of all of that uh, hot streak. 
um, excellent timing on that piece. But I, I got to say the number one thing that has changed with Fox in this stretch of games and this year has just been his aggressiveness. Uh, he's always been that guy who clearly wants to be the leader from day one. He's wanted to be that leader, that offensive engine, but too often over the last couple of years, he's faded into the background, kind of wavered as the team really struggled. And tonight was just another great example of that new Fox. I mean, in the second quarter, the Kings just looked listless and, and the Kings of last year would have just given up. This would have been a blow. Out from to a one point lead at the end of uh, at the end of halftime, and he what had 13 points in the fourth quarter tonight. De'Aaron Fox is just on a totally different level this year, and it just begins and ends with him having a newfound understanding of when he needs to take over, when it's time for him to get to the rim. Because, like you wrote about in your piece, he's got plenty of moves. He's got the shot. It's certainly hitting. It's just great to see that with those newfound uh, moves and shooting ability comes the aggressiveness to really utilize it. Yeah, um, there's definitely a willingness to shoot threes. Uh, Two of five tonight against New Orleans, three of ten, three of eleven against Miami. And I get those percentages don't sound very encouraging, but I think that shows so much progress in Fox. Um, uh, Eleven was his career high at the time. He goes ten the night after. a, there's been three games this year that sh- Fox has shot one three, and all of them were on a minute restriction. One of them was a five-minute game. He went down in that Chicago one. Um, the other ones are minute restrictions. Um, De'Aaron is definitely making an emphasis to get him up, and maybe sometimes it's a little too much, like that three at the very end of the game. I, I think probably you would prefer to get him mm-hmm. get downhill, um, but I'm living with all of these right now. I, I think Absolutely. it's... Um, important progress to his game, and even if some of them are maybe ill-advised right now, um, I love him having the confidence and willingness to take them. The form looks smooth. Um, I think he's been an extremely impressive playmaker in this last stretch as well. Um, You saw 11 assists from him tonight, 12 in the game against New Orleans, 6 the night before, only 4 against a Toronto team that was really bothering him. Um, and, and then 10 against Orlando. And, yeah, I mean, a lot of it has to do with this uptick in usage that really seems like him um, wanting to take over. Maybe someone in the coaching staff said, said something. Um, but it, this is also leading to a, a few more turnovers, um, I, I will say. And this tonight was only three. Um, but, you know, night before, six, five, seven. Again, like, I, I'm cherry. I'm nitpicking. Um, yeah. When you when yeah. you are, are playing forty almost, minutes a night, yeah, yeah, and when you're the offensive engine of a team that's won five of the last six games, I mean, you can only cherry pick at the bad spots. Yeah, um, Fox has been phenomenal, and I think, like you said, the main thing is aggression. Um, and yeah, uh, six of six from the line tonight. Also, great progress there. Thank um, goodness. Yeah, seriously. Um, the other guy. I want to talk about real quick is Marvin Bagley, um, who I think, you know, like the most important thing to me or or the most crucial thing when it comes to his development is, wow, Bagley had a really nice stat line tonight and I didn't even really feel him out there. And Yeah, well, he didn't play much in the second half. Yeah, and I don't necessarily mean tonight against Boston. Like tonight's wasn't great. It was nine and six. But like when you think of the um, the – 
uh, Miami game, 17 and and four on seven of eight from the field. Like, when is the last time Marvin was like that efficient? It was back cuts he was doing it with. It's this corner three um, that he totally has added to his game. And, and I think really just, I, I mean, like, I don't know how many, I felt like there were three hook shots a game earlier in the year, and now maybe you get one. Um, there's no isolations for Marvin, which I think is important. Um, I think he's doing a really good job of getting his opportunities within the flow of the offense. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of what I love from Bagley right now is just the simplified offense. Um, shooting in the corner, which, of course, is a well welcome sight for a guy who we – question just shot coming into the season becoming a top-notch corner shooter is uh, one of the best ways that he can really fit into this offense that really relies on getting as much spacing around Fox as possible Um, but I mean he's still taking the obvious shots in the paint Uh, that little back hook is an excellent move even though he's still only taking it with his left hand Um, mostly he's just not holding on to the ball and he's trusting uh, his teammates to get him the ball in the right spots and um, he's doing more with less. And uh, I think that's really all you can ask from a 21-year-old. I know that um, there were a lot of questions about, well, this is another game. He's still not playing in the fourth quarter. Um, and, you know, we've been saying this for a month now. The only way for Marvin Bagley to continue getting better is to give him more and more minutes. Um, I don't envy Luke Walton and the coaching staff this um this challenge of balancing Bagley's minutes with uh, getting their best closing lineup out there, which involves having Tyrese Halliburton and uh, Buddy Heald out there for a three-guard lineup with Fox. Um, I guess I would just rather see uh, Bagley get center minutes than – what did Whiteside have tonight? What did he end up with? Did he have 19 17 minutes? tonight, which isn't horrible, minutes, yeah. but I am, I'm with you. Like, I actually think this has been a problem. And at the beginning of the year, I was very concerned or in the offseason with the signing of Whiteside. Um, and does and then, you know, they brought Kaminsky as well at first. And it was like, okay, is Bagley not going to play the five? Um, yeah. And at the beginning of the year, he actually did a lot. Um, and now they've gone away from that. And I get the Bagley at five minutes have been really rough defensively, but he needs to develop there. I think he's actually look uh, even worse on the perimeter. Um, There's some okay flashes. Like the effort is never a problem with Bagley. Um, I I think it's understanding and like sliding his feet more often than not. Like he's lost with one move. Um, If he gets a right to left cross, he's probably having to turn around because he like nearly tripped on himself or something. Yeah. I want to give him credit because more this year than any other year since he's got to Sacramento, Bagley's defensive effort has just been exceptional. I have no complaints about his determination on defense. And again, he's 21 years old. I mean, you're going to expect a young guy who hasn't played to not be great on defense more so than offense. Um, But much like, you know, we just said the only way for him to grow as a player is to give him minutes, and the only way for him to eventually play some at the five is to keep giving him minutes. And the Kings have just completely gone away with that. Now, again, I don't envy them this responsibility of we're trying to win games. What can we really do if Marvin Bagley is a, a decent defensive negative at this point? I mean, 
you're not convincing me that Hassan Whiteside is a difference maker on defense. You're not con- the dude can't jump over a freaking phone book at this point. So you give give a whole chunk of those minutes in the third quarter to Marvin Bagley. You have to get him more minutes in the game, and they got to come at the center position unless you're either going to play Matu or you're going to go out there and find another center because I lost count in the last five games how many times uh, Hassan Whiteside cost Tyrese Halliburton assists. It's got to be really freaking high. Yeah, yeah, and Whiteside must love playing with Halliburton. Um, yeah, he's setting him up all the time. Halliburton, I mean uh, – like you said, Whiteside doesn't always finish, but man, Halliburton, like, I, I feel like every big man would just absolutely yeah. love to get in a pick and roll with Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton is such a good dude that he expects his teammates are just the, are equally skilled as he is. There's yeah. no way that Hassan Whiteside is catching half the passes that Tyrese throws at him, but he still throws them. Yeah. Tony Zipteris, but the funniest clip ever of, of, Hassan Whiteside on Twitter, by the way. I don't know if you saw this. I think he missed a mm-hmm. uh, a layup on one end and then runs back and trips on his own feet. Um, of course. It absolutely falls on the floor and then gets up and isn't able to stop. It was just so funny. Um, the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggin', you've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Halliburton, five of nine from three oh. in this game. And I came into this, like I texted you, I was like, oh, probably I, I want to touch on Halliburton's kind of shooting slumps <laughs> recently. Um, and, and then he just absolutely does this. But, like, within the last seven games, it was 38% from the field and 26% from three um, and two and a half turnovers a game, a little less than two and a half. So there was a little bit of a, of a slump from Halliburton, or at least he kind of, like, slowed down, came back to earth a little bit. Um, because even while, you know, I think we expected Halliburton to be somewhat efficient as a player, um, it was ridiculous for rookie numbers and, Absolutely. uh, came back down to earth a little bit, but tonight he decided there, there was no ceiling once again, you know, step back yeah. threes. Um, it was ridiculous. 21 points, eight of 15 shooting five of nine from three, four assists, three rebounds, two steals. And one of the um, steals that you clipped oh, was God. insane. I, I had to I, – I seriously stopped watching the game for five minutes just to keep watching that clip to see. It was – for anybody who wasn't watching, it was uh, Grant Williams shot the three and then uh, Harrison Barnes came out because the ball got tipped and Grant Williams throws himself out of bounds. And before Grant Williams even goes out of bounds, Tyrese is running 
to where the ball's going to end up. It's pretty natural level shit. Like, I think he breaks the time-space continuum and for a moment knows where the basketball's going to go. There's no other explanation for that level of basketball instincts. Um, But an absolute fantastic game from Tyrese, uh, one of his best of the season. But even during that slump, which I agree he'd been a little more mortal in the last couple of games – Tyrese isn't a dude I ever worry about when it comes to slump because he's such a flow of the game kind of guy that he's going to make impacts even when his shot's not falling. Um, honestly, I think one of the things that I've been most impressed with this season, aside from the shooting variance, which you and I have touched on all season, is it, Tyrese's decision-making has been so much better than I expected. Uh, he's finding a much better balance between his natural past-first play like, he always believes that his teammates are going to have better shots than he's got. But he's also really knowing when it's time for him to shoot. Um, the next step in his evolution is realizing that some big men just can't go up for alley-oops like he hopes they can. Yeah. And and he's willing to do it off the dribble, um, like even yeah. in a pick-and-roll mid-range sometimes, occasionally, we've seen. Um, and most of the time, I don't, I don't think they've been falling. But, like, I love him being willing to take those. That was a really big critique coming out of Iowa State. Um, I will say, so I feel like lineups that don't have one of Fox or Barnes are just not good. I am so sick of Luke Walton starting quarters with Corey Joseph and Tyrese Halliburton lineups. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I feel like, I mean, Fox and Barnes are the only two guys to me that can get into the paint on their own. Um, and I feel like if you're going to run a Halliburton lineup like, like that, you know, that's what like Kojo Halliburton healed and then I don't know someone else in Holmes um then like you kind of just have to do a Halliburton Holmes pick and roll every single play yeah you know I was really complaining about this um to the Kings Herald staff earlier just like imagine how Tyrese Halliburton's going to play when he's playing next to a bench guard who isn't Corey Joseph or playing with a bench big man who isn't Hassan Whiteside and our buddy Greg pointed out well the Kings have six good players. What do you expect? And it just made me think, like, how much better is this team next year when they don't have just six good players? I mean, Tyrese Halliburton should be able to unlock such good depth and really unlock so much on defense when he's played next to other good defenders. It's just the sky's the limit when this team actually gets some damn depth. Yeah, and I, I really do think, and I've been thinking since before this year started, like we are really one off season away from, I mean, as long as it's not majorly screwed up, from this team being really exciting and like back in the playoff race. Um, and you know, maybe maybe they're there right now. Like I guess they're playing like it. Um, yeah, but you'll we'll leave we'll leave it at that. Going into a rough stretch. Um, I'm trying you know, to it, back it, from, from it's hard for down me after this winning yeah. streak. I agree because I don't, I you know it's going to be so easy. There's so many people that are like, oh, these Kings fans who who came into the season thinking this team wasn't going to be very good. They just want to see the team uh, have a high draft pick. You know, I'm not going to pretend like in any given day I want the Kings to win. I absolutely do. It wasn't a moment's hesitation tonight where I'm like, oh well, they can have a better draft pick. No, I freaking want the Kings to win every goddamn day. I also know that there's no way that this young team keeps this high on this roller coaster through the rest of the year. Like, 
this is a long season. This has been a great stretch that highlights a lot of things that we can look forward to with this team for a long time. We need to be ready for them to go back to being mortal at some point. Like the yeah. defense has been solid in the last six games. If they keep that up, that's one thing. But it, there's going to be a point where teams take advantage of the Kings again on defense. Yeah, um, the upcoming schedule is not kind to the Kings, and their recent stretch definitely was. Um, you know, Boston is a very good win, but again, <laughs> second night of I was going to say, I was um, going to say, are you insulting your Boston Celtics? I mean, Celtics have not been good, as good as their record says this year. Um, and well, second night of they were also missing three of their best what eight players. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, yes, but the upcoming stretch: Denver, the Clippers, the Sixers, um, three very rough ones in a row, and then Orlando, Memphis, Brooklyn, um, Miami, Chicago, Milwaukee. I don't know. I guess it's not horrible. I guess I'm mainly looking at these next three: um, Denver, Clippers, Sixers. Um, and, and tides change very quickly. But again, back to back to kind of what's been good during the stretch or, or what kind of has changed that's led to this. I think another big thing is a very trimmed rotation. Um, you're really seeing nights of only eight players. Glenn Robinson um, was had nights of being cut from the rotation and then has nights of like five or six minutes. I, I think tonight you saw him or it, tomorrow, whenever you're listening to this, the game against the Celtics. You saw him log 10 minutes um, against a really wing-heavy team, so I thought it made sense for him to come out here more. You saw yeah. stretches of Kyle Guy in the New Orleans and Miami game as kind of being that ninth guy. Um, but over the last four games that, that they won in a row, or I'm sorry, that they went 3-1 and one, um, in a side, not counting this most recent Celtics one, um, the Kings had been getting 38 minutes to Buddy Heald, 38 to Harrison Barnes, 36 to De'Aaron Fox, 31 to Rashawn, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, 29 to Rashawn Holmes, and then it drops to 22 for Bagley, 17 for Whiteside, 16 for Kojo. Um, and, and really, like, that has been your rotation. Yeah, it's uh... – you know, I've been one of those guys who said that Luke Walton really should play one of the young guys on every given night. You know, the, the Justin James is the uh, Robert Woodard's, the Kyle guys, um, but it really has been uh, – the Kings have really taken off since Luke Walton realized that, you know, his depth isn't great and he can't really afford to uh, go without his best five players at any given moment. Um, so I, I do think that I agree with you that the trimmed rotation really has led to um, some really efficient Kings games. Do you worry in in any way about this, or is it just like, you know, who cares if De'Aaron is playing 38, 40 minutes a night? I don't worry about De'Aaron Fox. He can play as many games as he – I mean, as many minutes as his body can handle. I mean, I was a little worried when he got that hip flexor to end the game. But as long in as he's Miami, healthy, he give him knees, but he, yeah. I mean, he seems fine. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'll go back to this. I'm zen about this season. If the Kings keep winning, I'm happy. If the Kings go back to being struggling, I expect this to be a developmental year. I'm happy. Uh, keep giving the guys the minutes. This isn't the team that I think we have to overly stress about lineups to an extent. 
Yeah, and uh, all of a sudden, the Kings are a game and a half out of the fifth seed in the Western Conference. <laughs> um, but they are also a game and a half out of the 14th seed in the Western Conference. Um, yeah, this uh, tight this this race is on both sides of the com- uh, conferences. Like this is happening in the East too. It's uh, the the league is really bunched up this year for a lot of factors. I don't. I mean, there's the elite teams that are kind of pushing away, um, yeah. but everybody else is really just sitting in this middle. And uh, I don't think we'll really figure out where things get separated um, until. We have more consistency in terms of rosters and who's playing on what given day. I mean, everything's just so up in the air about this season. It really doesn't surprise me. So, um, like you said, the Kings have a really rough stretch coming up, and I will be – I'll believe a lot more if they can come out of this big um, playoff team run with uh, some more Ws. But for now, good, great couple of games. Yeah, um, they yeah recently I think we were talking about the fifth pick on on uh, lottery odds. Now they're sitting at twelve, and yeah, I mean three, <laughs> three games is a is a very big stretch uh, coming up here if we're talking about staying within this playoff race, um, which would be some extremely exciting basketball. Um, and, and it seems like Darren Fox is definitely pushing for that. I'm sure all the guys on the roster are. Um, you know, something else to watch for. I, I think you and I are going to be watching some of these G League games no matter, especially the Ignite ones. Jemias Ramsey and Robert Woodard are going to the G League, and I'm actually excited. Because yeah, they're not that'll be fun to watch. In Sacramento, obviously. Um, Woodard is announced to go to the Austin Spurs. I didn't see an announcement yet for Jemias Ramsey and where he is going. I am so excited to watch these guys get De'Aaron Fox minutes right now. <laughs> Do you do you have the G League uh, Ignite schedule right there? I'd love to know if uh, the uh, Spurs team is going to play the Ignite team. I that would be fun. They do, but let me uh, let me pull it up here for you. I know that uh, the G League Ignite team, which of course has Jalen Green and Jonathan Kuminga, um, highly discussed top ten picks. Uh, they kick off against the Santa Cruz Warriors next Wednesday, the tenth. Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun and a great opportunity for armchair scouts to really Saturday, check out. March 6th. All right. Be a game. fun fun chance to uh, see Robert Woodard go up against Jonathan Kuminga. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I, I'm honestly, I mean, it's probably not surprising. I'm uh, more excited for Jemias Ramsey. But he also just yeah, has of course more you are. of like a he, – he's more of like a high-usage player. Um, I actually think that Woodard looks better against uh, alongside um, high usage guys um, in, in more of a limited role and playing that more three and D type guy. And I think Jemias is a guy you kind of like want the ball in his hands a little bit more. Um, so I'm I'm curious to see where he gets this opportunity. Um, yeah, I, I'm really excited that both these guys are going to the G League and we get to see them get a lot of burn. Yeah, I was disappointed, like we said, that they didn't fine minutes for those two guys uh, on the Kings every now and then, but uh, clearly they're not in the rotation right now. So uh, applause to the Kings for letting them go get minutes and uh, meaningful games. Yeah, definitely. Um, Am I missing any notes here, Brian? Do you have anything else um, 
recently that's gone on or coming up that you feel like we should touch on? Um, Harrison Barnes has continued to be great. Um, he was very solid tonight. I think he was a big, uh, probably the only guy who made uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown miss. Sure felt like it. Um, you know, our buddy Sanjish made an excellent point in his uh, must-read five-on-five weekly series. Uh, Barnes' numbers has been much better against teams with less talented forwards than against good forwards. Um, so it was great to see him play well tonight. Uh, he played well. And with pace, didn't make any mistakes, really pushed the ball. Um, our buddy Tony Zipteris pointed out that the Boston TV crew uh, continued to discuss his potential availability for your Celtics tonight. So uh, maybe Danny Ainge has been listening to you and is uh, eyeing a uh, Harrison Barnes swap for that uh, trade exception. So. Uh, that was an interesting side story, but whether he is a king in a month or so or not, he's been the third best king this year, fourth best king, depending on what you want to do with Sean Holmes. So um, he's been fantastic, and I'm glad that, uh, you know, Zach Lowe gave him a shout-out on the podcast the other day as the most underrated player in the NBA. Yeah. He That's quite a freaking shout-out. Yeah, I, Zach Lowe said that. He, I think he proposed the question. I want to say it was to Arnovitz, and he's like, you know, who am I? I I'm going to nominate someone from the Kings for the most underrated player in the league. And I was like, okay, well, it's Harrison Barnes or Rashad Holmes. It's one or the other. And he's like, no, Harrison Barnes is just appreciated now. Like, Harrison Barnes is amazing, but everybody knows about the push shot. Everybody knows it exists now. Um, you, you mean you mean Rashawn Holmes? Yes, yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, that, that the Rashawn Holmes push shot exists now. Yeah. Um, he missed one tonight. I was so shocked. I am genuinely – I'm with you. You had great wording of it in your tweet. I actually am surprised when he misses these. Wait, wait, what? How does that happen? Yeah. I thought that was 100%. Yeah. It, it does not make sense. It does not make sense. Um, yeah, this is this has been a phenomenal stretch of basketball from the Kings, highlighted by De'Aaron Fox absolutely being the guy and uh, – Going into just takeover mode and realizing he can do that whenever he wants, I think that he still um, could get more respect from the refs. Um, I think you could fi- he could find himself at the line even more. Um, yeah, I mean, this is just an amazingly fun stretch of Kings basketball. And this next three games, man, if they pull out two of these games, I'm actually going to feel really good about this team, I will say. Yeah, it'll be uh, really interesting to see if they can keep this run going. Um, good feelings in Sacramento right now. Definitely, definitely. Um, I think we'll leave it at that. Um, I won't be doing any more of these, at least for a while. Is Sacramento <laughs> worse than, you know, I had a guest scheduled for OKC, and, they, and then he messaged me and was like, hey, are we still on for today? I was like, yeah, I can totally make it, but honestly, it kind of feels in poor taste right now. <laughs> uh, they just won three of four, and I don't think uh, they'd be, it'd be very appreciated. You should wait until they have a couple of losses and see if you can turn the turn the uh, the the curse back on, because okay. it's very clear that the Kings started playing great right when you started the series. They really did. They really did. It was I, I. You know, it's funny. I actually sent the message before the New York game started, and then they win the New York game, um, and yeah, they've won since. Um, so I guess yeah. I mean, whatever I can do to help, you know, just mm-hmm. uh, just pitching in any way I can. Kings Herald pitching in amazing hoodies. 
um, that keep getting shout out and amazing articles all the time as well. Definitely go support the Patreon, get a discount um, on that Reese's Passes hoodie and a lot of great other merch. We got the Zero Fox given. Um, I got a, a Kong's Kings autocorrect autocorrect mug. That's my favorite thing to drink coffee out of ever. Are you a coffee or tea guy, Bryant? I'm a tea guy, and I've got tea my guy. King's Herald mug just for that. What type of tea do we talk about here? We haven't had like random food takes since Rich left. Actually, he just decides <laughs> nope. to throw out random BS like bacon sucks. Like what is this? <laughs> uh, nobody can. Nobody can stand up to uh, Rich or our buddy Tim Maxwell for their food takes. Um, I'm definitely a sweet tea kind of guy. Green teas, uh, the sweet black teas, those are my jam. I need them every morning. Interesting. And is this like, are are they caffeinated? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's the point? <laughs> yeah. No. I, okay. I figured. I, I'm like, I'm fairly new to the tea game. I I, I have a, a British friend that I, I used to do Celtics content with. It really put me on like you got to make it like coffee. You got to like milk and sugar this thing up. And yeah, yeah I, 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 don't I had drink. the same reaction. I was like, "What is? <laughs> what are you talking about with this black tea?" And it is so good. It is so good. I don't drink um, the sharp enough English black teas to make um, milk worth it. I mean, if I'm drinking a black tea, it's a mango sweet black tea from Trader Joe's. Got it. Got it. Which yeah, I go no, and buy in bulk every year. I had to go find like PG tips or like pyramid bags or whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had to, I had to try to do it the right way. I was like, if anybody knows what they're talking about, you know, oh, I yeah. biscuits, but I got the tea. All right. I'll give one random food tech. Best teas I've had are uh, in vending machines in Japan. Like, oh, goodness, I just – there were uh, – if you don't know, Japan has a bajillion uh, vending machines everywhere. And anywhere you turn, one of them's just got a row of awesome teas. Uh, I was super caffeinated over my two-week <laughs> vacation in Japan just because I was like, oh, I haven't had this one that yet. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, man. Now I, I never realized how much I needed to go to Japan. Oh, absolutely. I wish I was there right now. Yeah. Man, okay, and then one other one we'll throw in because you know Darren Fox Hot Streak and and, and In and Out Burger kind of go together. I've been eating In and Out a lot recently because I'm, they're just like they're not great burgers, and hopefully I don't get crap for that. But for the price, I think they're very good burgers. Yes, they're cheap, burgers. absolutely. And uh, yeah, I, I'm on a, I'm on a budget, and I go there and just get a burger. I'm I don't need no meal. Um, I'm good. I, I buy a two liter soda at the grocery store. I'm okay. Um, and I think they're so good. What do you, am I like missing out for never, never having tried animal fries? No, I, well, everybody else in my life gets animal fries. Yeah. Same uh, I just, I just don't get the in and out fries. Like the burgers are good. They're not. The, the burgers are fine. Um, fries aren't, I'm, the in and out no. fries are not good. Um, and you know, I'm with you. I think in and out is a good burger and they're definitely worth the price. I don't know if they're worth the 45-minute wait to get yeah. one. Yeah. but <laughs> like, like Five Guys is a better burger, but it's also, what, like double the oh, price? Five Guys also has the greatest fries of all time. Yes. So, and they uh, throw so many. If Like I I think the other day I, I like got some Five Guys for the first time and who knows how long. And I'm like, why would I get a medium fry? Why not just get a small and then they just dump all the extra fries in the bag yeah. anyways? It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Anyway, I haven't tried Whataburger, so uh, we'll have to hit up Rich for this since he's the, the native now. 
um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, see what Darren. I had uh, there was a Whataburger um, not too far from my beloved St. Mary's College. Uh, we went there quite a few times. It was pretty good, but uh, even then, we always went in and out. So that should tell you something. Yeah, yeah, look at that. All right, well, that's going to be our out on this episode of the King's Sports Podcast. Um, if you enjoyed, please subscribe, rate, and review, and you'll hear from us again in the next couple of days here.